if I would just take a mental health day and just schedule a massage or go do something that would then help me to to you know keep going forward so just being really in tune with yourself on what your needs are and being okay with loving yourself enough to take a break from life if you need to you know um, and I found I needed that more than ever even more than when I lost my mom you know when I lost Lane I, I had to take a break from life a lot and and I think that's okay. We need to give our permissions, our, ourselves permission to do that. Welcome to Mastery Podcast with Dr. Sass, formerly A True Goddess Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sass. This is a podcast where we awaken you to express your true essence. My intention is to lead humanity to flourish as true divine beings, living an empowered and abundant life inspiring each other to expand our authenticity, master our lives, and rise to confidently live our true purpose. Welcome, Lori, to A True Goddess Podcast. And um, Lori is my <laughs> childhood friend, a great friend of mine that I get to reconnect it because we share the same experience and um I, I, I wish I would have reconnected with you earlier. Um, but Lori is, um, is a nurse. Um, and oh, you want to, to people to know your, your age? Oh, yeah, I put my age right out there. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, 30, I'm 30 years old, by the way, forever. <laughs> you can fool me, but, or you can't fool me, but you can fool everyone else. <laughs> Because I know your age, because you're the right. same age as me. <laughs> yeah, we grew, we, we grew up together, yeah. and it and Lori is is an amazing friend and amazing person. Lori is 51 years old, and um, I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> Lori is married to Tony, soon to be 27 years now. Wow, congratulations! Um, and you have Lori have a twin sons. Um, Lucas, which is 22 years old, mm-hmm. and Lane, who's, um, we will be talking about your experience, um, with Lane's passing at the age of 19. Um, you're, you're a nurse, um, I'm sure a great nurse, um, and a nurse practitioner for the past 16 years, mm-hmm. and an adjunct instructor for nursing at the graduate level for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you enjoy time, Lori. Enjoy time with your family and friends, especially traveling and trips to the beach. Um, Lori loves to play with um, her Australian shepherd, Siki. New tricks. Um, she enjoys the simple things as to get oh, as getting older. A sunset, the wind in your hair, a nice walk in the woods watching her favorite TV shows, reading and drinking coffee, and dinner with her family and friends. Mm -hmm. She loves being outside in nature and when you're not working. Wow. (laughs) Don't we all love it when we're not working? Yes, that's all right. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me, and I'm so glad we reconnected. (laughs) 
Thank, yeah. thank you so much, yeah. Lori, for being my guest. And um, we're going to talk about a, a, a very heavy topic, and um, um, it may bring up some some emotion. And so, I, I very truly appreciate you being here to help our listener heal and to help to let them know that they're not alone. You know, if they are a mother um, who just lost a child or who have lost their children. Um, Uh, for a few years, it's still a fresh wound, right? Yes. And um, and we we share the same experience. I lost my my son Andrew. Um, it would be a year ago, and it, it still seems like yesterday. And um, sometimes you relive those um, painful memories. And um, I I do appreciate you being here. And um, Lori. Um, as as a nurse practitioner, uh-huh. and um, you know, finding out about about Lane um, was was difficult for uh-huh. you, right? right? Because you're you're in the position where you're a clinician. Um, you're supposed to know how to take care of people and 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 see all the crews and stuff, but. You know, as a mother, we're too close. Yeah. As a family, we're too close. And um, can you tell tell us a little bit about about yes, Lane? Of course. Know, that I love talking about him. That he, <laughs> he was and still is in heaven. That's right. But I love talking about him too, especially you know the early years, which were so good. But Lane was just—I don't know—from the time he was born, he was just uh, happy. He smiled a lot. Um, he was funny, you know, he had a kind of a dark sense of humor, which we all found hilarious. Um, he was really kind. Um, he was always helping his papa out with a project or whatever he needed. And, you know, he was just, um, a really a great kid and very affectionate too. Like he was always giving hugs and smiles to anybody. And, um, his, his young life was so, um, Just wonderful, really. And when he got to middle school, he started having some problems with his self-esteem, and um, had trouble fitting in a little bit. Um, hung out a little bit with um, some people that maybe weren't the best influences at times. And uh, he, um, in his high school years, he he suffered from depression. Um, like the last year of high school, I noticed that. He was a little more withdrawn and um, just not very motivated to do things, um, and uh, a little bit isolated, um, even from family stuff. He he didn't want to participate in family things like he had done, and, and uh, so I took him for care, you know, to get um, some help with a mental health uh, practitioner, and um, she prescribed him some medication, recommended counseling. And he he wouldn't really go to counseling. He didn't want to talk to a stranger, is what he would say. But he would talk to me some, and um, and he seemed like he was doing well for a while on medication. Um, but what I didn't know, and what I found out later, of course, you know, hindsight is just terrible because you know you you go through their phones and you read their text messages and you see their Snapchat and you see all that stuff, and then it kind of all falls into place. But what I didn't know is that he was seeking a drug to cope with his depression, and um, 
which often happens in young people, especially with the accessibility that we have of, you know, substances in our society. And um, so he um, inadvertently, he was at his grand, uh, his girlfriend's home and um, they took a drug together that ended up being uh, laced with fentanyl. And um, he passed from an accidental, um, I call it poisoning. Some people call it overdose, but no one chooses, you know, to, uh, to be poisoned with fentanyl. And um, she panicked and, you know, didn't, didn't call 911 right away and uh, didn't have Narcan. And he passed away. And we got that phone call in the middle of the night, you know, that I didn't even know her because he had only dated her for six weeks. And she was screaming or crying and telling me that Lane had died on her couch. And I just... I just was in disbelief. You know, of course, my husband and their son were hearing me scream and yell and just cry. They came in there and had to tell them, you know, what was going on. And it was a horrible, horrible moment. But it's weird because I guess my nurse instinct kicks in and all I could do is get to him. I needed to get to Lane and I could save him. That was my thinking, was that I can fix him if I just get there. You know, he's not gone. I, I, if I hurry, I can make it. And I'm sorry. I'm talking about that night a lot. I appreciate you sharing this with, with all of yeah. us. And um, so... After that, the police talked to me, and they just told me there was no foul play that they could see, and that they were going to have an investigation and try to figure out what happened. And and you know, from there, it was just you know, you're just destroyed. I mean, you know, the just breathing becomes hard, and um, you know, just trying to support you know my other son, you know, who just lost his twin and my husband and seeing him in total misery, you know, and devastation. It was just really um, a rough, I would say, few weeks before we could even function. I mean, truly, um, my husband was off like a couple weeks and then he went back to work, but I took off an entire month and just had to process what had happened and, and look through Lane's phone and really try to figure out what went wrong and I know that sounds like you know like I think I'm over inflating my sense of self that I can fix everyone's problems I'm not saying that but as his mother I felt a responsibility to see the signs uh, help him and he was trusting me with some of his life not all of his life and what he was doing but he was trusting me with a lot of it and I felt like I failed him and so I really just had to take a deep dive into what happened and some people I found didn't understand me because I I don't know why but I um some people would call it like um, I wanted to hurt or I wanted to feel pain it wasn't that I just had to really examine every detail of his death and life to make sense of it all. 
And my husband, for example, he's the kind that just buries it. You know, he doesn't want to think about it. He puts it out of his mind. He became literally a workaholic. I mean, we laugh about it now, but, you know, that's what men tend to do is they either rely on substances, which, thank God, he didn't do that, but he, he, re- he just became a workaholic and, you know, was working all kinds of hours. So all of us kind of each differently did different things to cope. and We just had to respect each other in that process. Um, so um, that's, that's Lane's story. Um, it's not all sad, but the end was sad. Um, and we feel like... Uh, still to this day, something will come up and we say, oh, if only if that would have happened, then this might have happened. And we still, even two and a half years later, we still do the if onlys. And I would have, could have, should have, maybe if this happened this way. And even though I've worked through all those scenarios, it's it's interesting how they still come up every once in a while you know and that's how grief has been for me it's not linear at all it's been all over the place Mm -hmm. um, from one day to the next even and even something that I've processed and put away I might have to revisit again later and I might have to think about it some more and then put it up again and that that is um, it really has taken a long time and a lot of effort to get to the place now where I am, which is feeling like I'm sort of kind of coming back to myself now. Um, so, and that's one thing I wanted to say too about about my own grief journey is when I lost my mother in 2015, I grieved the loss of her and I missed her and we were best friends. So really, you know, I missed the best friend in her. But I didn't lose myself when I lost my mom. But when I lost Lane, I lost part of myself. And I didn't understand that. I was like, why is my grief experience not the same? And then with counseling and therapy, it helped me realize, well, it's because the relationship was different. You know, um, Lane was a part of me. I brought him into this world. And so once you understand that, you know, even every different person that, that passes away, we all experience loss, but it's about our perspective and our relationship is what makes it different. And, and so, you know, that's, um, just how I kind of like realize that this is the way I am and is that I have to grieve this way. And if people don't understand it, it's okay. You know, it's, um, you know, some, some people came alongside me in my grief and some people just literally, I think I was a reminder to them that the worst thing can happen is that you can lose a child. And so you become a representation to some people of their worst nightmare because they see you and they say, oh, she lost her child. How awful. And they just don't know what to say to you. Um, and I found that to be true, too. You know, the people that I thought maybe would be with me. Um, have, mm-hmm. you know, have grown away from me a little bit. And the people that I never dreamed would be alongside me have come alongside me. So it's an interesting dynamic how, you know, things shift. And um, and I feel like, you know, especially I haven't mentioned it before, but my deep faith is what really got me through is because I believe there, you know, there is life after death and um, my 
my Christian faith keeps me in that positive light of, you know, in the end, we win. We win. We get to go home, you know, and so this isn't all there is. And I get to see Lane again. And so that gives me hope, you know, um, for the future. So anyway, <laughs> I kind of rambled there, but yeah. no, no, thank you. Thank you. That's just beautiful. I, I, I am glad you touched on how we all grieve differently, yes. even if the same person grieve a loss. Um, it is a different type of loss. Like you grieve differently when you lose your mom, mm-hmm. when your mom passed away with this lane, who is your child. And, um, and I, I, I can, you know, relate to that because when I lost my grandfather, grandmother, my uncle, I, I grieve differently. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when, when you lose your son, like you said, it's like part of you is gone. Mm-hmm. You become a different person and you start questioning everything. Yeah. You know, you question yourself if you did the right thing and you go back and try to fix everything. And, and that just, that's just the process of grief. Mm-hmm. Not that if you would do anything differently, it's probably not going to change anything. Because mm-hmm. everything is written in the sky, right? Some, sometimes things are, uh, already designed to be that way. And, um, and, and we, we just accept that mm-hmm. the person that we lost always here with us. Like you said, there's life after death. And, you know, I, I can go really deep into mm-hmm. that subject. <laughs> Me too. But, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe that faith, um, save, save me, mm-hmm. um, save a lot of people mm-hmm. and it, it did save you. Mm-hmm. And, um, to believe in something greater than ourselves, right. Right? right? Um, it, it's, it's comforting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and through, through, um, the grieving process, it's been two years for you now. Yeah, two and a half. And, mm-hmm. and stuff still come up. And, um, what would you tell, um, other people who just, um, embarking on this journey? I know when, when I first lost my son, I reached out to you mm-hmm. and it was a great comfort because you understood what I was going mm-hmm. through, you know, the pain, the sorrow, the, the guilt, the shock and, and, you know, everything remind mm-hmm. you of your child, everything. And, you know, going to the restaurant, um, going shopping, mm-hmm. watching a movie mm-hmm. and, and to turn that pain into the beauty of the happy memories that we have together it it is a process right Right. and and you recommend me to read a book which was very helpful Uh and what was that so it's called surviving (laughs) the unthinkable the loss of a child and i read probably 25 books um i counted them the other day this one was the most helpful, I think, in the beginning, early stages within a month or so of, of loss. And interestingly, it was given to me by another mother who had lost her child. So, and she wrote a note in it and, and sent it to me. So that really um, helped me realize I wasn't alone in my grief, that there were other mothers, especially out there, who felt the same way I did. And that gave me comfort. 
And so, you know, when you're talking about, you know, recommendations for listeners, I, I made a, a little list because, you know, there's some some things that I feel like I did right in my grief process. And then I'll, there's a few things I did wrong. And, and one of my wrong things, I'll just get that out of the way in the beginning, is that I is that I <laughs> okay. ate my grief. I ate and and I've gained fifty pounds and and it's because I have no vices, I have no addictions other than food, and I just turned to food in my sadness. I had this deep sadness that I didn't know what to do with and I filled it with food. And so now I'm trying to deal with that. But that was one of the poor choices I made to, to uh, cope with my grief, but I did write down a couple of things that that really worked well for me, and one of them, the first one, can yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah, and and there, there's no poor choice, really. You you did the best yeah. you can, right? You need to come yeah. with yourself. Yeah. But now that you recognize yeah. that, you want to do something yeah, about right. it, and that's what I'm trying to do. That's my this year's focus. Um, but one of the things yeah. I did, and you talked about it just now with you, is you know finding your people. You know, when you go through grief, you got to find your people, the people that will support you in your grief. And like we said, it's not necessarily who you think it w- is going to be. It might be somebody. For me, it was other mothers who had lost children. That's who I resonated with. That's who I had, especially those that were further along in their journey. So those that had, you know, been, you know, lost their child five or seven or ten years ago. These people I gravitated towards because I saw that they figured out a way to live. They figured out a way to go forward in their life, and I wanted to know how they did it. You know, because it, in the very beginning, especially, I wasn't sure I would survive. I mean, I really wasn't. I thought that I would die of a broken heart. That's that's the way I felt inside. And so, when I saw other mothers and they would talk to me, and I was like, okay, well, she's seven years out, or she's ten years out, and look at how you know she is now, and. You know, there is hope for for me. You know, is kind of how I saw that. The other thing I did is I carved out private time every single day to actively grieve. And what I mean by that is, you know, meditation, prayer. I looked through pictures. I cried. A lot of times, I cried in the shower or cried in the car because those were the only places that were alone. Sometimes, but I gave myself. Room and breath to grieve, instead of stuffing it down and pushing out the thoughts and trying to be strong and tough and push through. I allowed myself to break down, but they had limit. You know, I, I had to limit that because we still have to function. I still had to go to work. I still had to go to the grocery store. I still had to do all those things that we do. Um, but that really helped me. Now I can look back on that time and realize that was the best thing that I did because I think it's one of the reasons why I'm okay now. I'm still sad. I'm still heartbroken, but but I'm functional and I'm I'm coming back to myself. My personality's coming back. Um, something happened at the two year mark that I got to the point where I was healed enough or strong enough to go forward, and that's that's really. It's really what Lane would want from me. You know, Lane doesn't want me to suffer for his mistake. And so, when I do that, I think of him and I think of how proud he'd be of me. 
that I didn't let this, you know, kill me too, you know? Um, but the other thing I, I really, um, wanted to say, sorry, I took a bunch of notes is in the early days, I, no, <laughs> in the early days, I, um, <laughs> I really kept it simple and flexible. And that was advice from other mothers that really helped me. And I did a lot of self care and by self care, I mean, you know, journal, I drank tea, I walked, um, I, I would go get a massage. I'd go get a pedicure. I mean, I realize not everyone's budget, they can do that, but those simple self care things helped me, um, be kind to myself and, uh, be gentle with myself. And, um, it really did help me go forward to the next day. Um, and sometimes I could tell if I was pushing too hard to get back to my old life, if I would just take a mental health day and just schedule a massage or go do something that would then help me to, to, you know, keep going forward. So just being really in tune with yourself on what your needs are and being okay with loving yourself enough to take a break from life if you need to, you know? Um, and I found I needed that more than ever, even more than when I lost my mom, you know, when I lost Lane, I, I had to take a break from life a lot. And, and I think that's okay. We need to give our permissions our, ourselves permission to do that. Um, the other thing I figured out, and I'm sure you have too, maybe is, um, besides our spiritual connection, you know, with God, that grief is such a lonely road. You have to travel it alone. And, um, you know, we talked about respecting the differences of others, you know, with my husband, I kept trying to enforce my way of grieving on him and he would get angry at me and he'd be like, well, you're different than me. That's not how I grieve. Like if I wanted to listen him to listen to a song or look at some pictures or, you know, I wanted to talk about Lane. I wanted to talk about him all the time. And my husband didn't. He said, I eventually want to talk about him, but I can't right now. And so I had to learn to respect his wishes. And if I wanted to stay married, right, <laughs> I had to learn to, <laughs> I had to learn to kind of say, okay. Of course, you know, after how many years, 27 yeah, years. Yeah. I was like, okay, I've got 27 years invested. I better make sure that we stay married after this. And that's another thing, you know, that we could bring up is, you know, you read all these statistics about marriages that don't survive the loss of a child. And I see why, because this is one of the main reasons is that you change so much when you lose a child. And sometimes you change together or sometimes you change apart. Or sometimes, like in our case, we grieved separately, but we still supported one another and stayed connected you know, in our relationship. And, and so that's how we survived it. Um, and then the, the last thing I was going to say is eventually, and this may be years out until a person's ready, but I find that if you can find a new purpose or a reason for, for living, you know, for, for going forward, um, and whether that's a spiritual journey, writing, volunteer work, a different career where you can give back to others, whatever that looks like for you. But for me, I had to pull a purpose out of my pain. Otherwise, it's just pain and loss. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still looking for my purpose, actually. Um, and I'm staying open to what that might look like. At least it's one of them. Huh? 
<laughs> this is it, one of it, them it actually you're helping other it, it may be yeah, i mean I, you're helping other mothers and yeah i hope so i mean because i really feel like even though with my clinician background like you said i'm not in a place to help those in active addiction recovery or addiction or recovery mm-hmm. it's just too raw for me um, I either need to work with people in prevention, like like how do we prevent people from using substances? How do we get these awful drugs off our streets? Or on the other end of the spectrum, which is the grief process, you know, of families, you know, coming together in grief. Um, but that whole middle section of what I went through with Lane, I just quickly found out that that wasn't going to be where I could um, help someone else. Um, it, it just took too much from me. I, I almost feel like I always tell people drugs have taken too much from me. I don't want to give them one more ounce of my, of my energy. And, and that sounds mean and hateful, but it really drugs are horrible and look what they've done to our society. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that to the people who are going through recovery. I have empathy. for them. I really do. I just can't be the one to help. That's just a realization that you get when you get older and you learn who you are, um, of what you're capable of right. and what you're not capable of. Um, and yes. I think that's okay because there's other people called to help those people, you know. Yeah, so definitely, we we all have different purpose, right? Right, right, exactly. So that was my that was my few things I wanted to share with you because. Um, I mean, there's many, you know, many more little things, but, um, you know, having a network of people around me still to this day that check in on me, that's valuable. Mm -hmm. People that still validate my loss and that my loss doesn't have an end date. You know, like Mm -hmm. I've always said, and I think you probably feel this way too, that when you lose your child, you in some way grieve for the rest of your life. You know, until you join them someday, you miss them and you grieve for them. And that's natural. You know, I don't know why we need to tell people, oh, you know, you got to hurry up and get through this year grieving process and then you can go on with your life. That's not how it works. Um, yeah. Life just changed for yeah. you. Right. You, you just live life differently. Right. And, and your grief changes. There's, there's, there's no getting over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no getting over loss. No. Yeah. And there's learning to live with it is what you do. You learn to build your life around it. You get stronger um, in, in that. But that takes time. And, and your grief looks different at one year, two year, three year, four year, five year. Um, I met a patient the other day who told me she had lost her son in a car accident. And it was 27 years ago. Wow. And she still cried. And I, my heart broke with her because I could see that it still pains her and it still hurts her 27 years later. So, you know, we don't get over it. We just learn to carry it a little better. You know, that's all that happens. So that's my perspective anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and and my, my, my perspective too, we, we um, on the same page there, you, you don't get over stuff like that. And it just changed you completely. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I shared with you this before, you know, I'm a spiritual person um, to begin with. And, and when my son passed a year ago, um, I'm like deep, 
deep into my spiritual practice, meditation, and all those stuff, and try to find the answer why mm-hmm. you know, and then you you just know that there's no explanation. Mm-hmm. It just is, and and you you like you say you you learn to to live with with the fact, right? Um, and in the beginning. I know I probably couldn't talk about this like months ago, um, especially a year mm-hmm. ago or t- two months after it. But now I, you know, you, you share with me, and if it's okay, if we talk about this, you're at the point where you feel so painful that you don't want to yeah, live. Yeah, you you just want to right in your life. Yeah. yeah. And and there are moments like that, yeah. and you know, for the listener, because I mm-hmm. know there are mothers out there who just like, I I just I just want to die, mm-hmm. you know. It is too painful mm-hmm. to live with. Can you validate their feeling? It's like we we all we both went right. through this, and we we went through times when we're like, you know, that there's no way I want to go on. Right. And, and it's okay as long as you. We want to let the listener know it's okay to feel like that. Just know that you have support. That is, you know, other people feel the same way you do, and it's okay to come out yes, of it. Yes, it's temporary. Come out mm-hmm. of that sadness. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. It just know that it is temporary. It is temporary. Um, how did you deal with those? Painful moments. Well, if you may share with us. Yeah. So, um, you know, my my faith won't allow me to hurt myself. Um, mm-hmm. So even though I might, uh, there was times I wanted to die. There is nothing I would have done to cause my death, and that includes reckless behavior. I wasn't going to drive ninety miles an hour and smash into a tree. I wasn't going to take a drug. I wasn't going to. You know, do anything to harm myself. But there were multiple times that I was just like, "God, please take me. I am broken. My heart is shattered. I I don't even recognize myself in the mirror. I don't want to be here. Why am I still here? I mean, I kind of got angry a little bit. Like, why couldn't I have gone with Lane? You know. But you know, God reminds me, and my family reminds me that I still have a son on this earth that needs me. And I still have a husband, and I have a father, and I have a sister and two brothers, and I have family that still loves me and needs me. And in those moments, that's what I would just say to myself: I'm here because my family needs me. And you know, and knowing too that those those feelings are temporary. And um, I remember in the beginning, one of the moms told me, you know, that that feeling would last for a while. But she said something happens around the two-year mark, and at the time I thought, okay, what you know, I hope that happens for me that it gets better because when you're in that dark tunnel, you don't see the light. You know, you just think this long dark tunnel is forever. But I'll have you know, for whatever reason, that on that two-year mark, the, the light of day lifted, and I don't know whether that was God working in me or. Just enough healing had taken place that you know I don't have those dark thoughts anymore. You know, um, but I'll also share with you that I had to 
I had to go on medication. You know, I had to take an SSRI. I'm on Prozac. And I always laugh and tell people now, if they say, how in the world did you survive the loss of your son? And I said, Jesus and Prozac. And I, and I say it in a funny mm-hmm. way just because I'm trying to lighten the mood, but but there's some truth to that, <laughs> you know. Um, I had to I had to have medication to help me, and you know, mm-hmm. and truly, how else did I survive? Was my family and friends loving me, supporting me, mm-hmm. allowing me to love them and their grief? I mean, that's how you survive. And and the other thing that I did, which, which was also at the advice of my therapist, is you know, she would say, "You're looking too far in the future." She said, "Just look at the day ahead of you." You know, she said, you do the next thing. So she said, you get up, you make your coffee. What do you do next? I go get a shower. Okay, go get a shower. What do you do next? And just focus on the next thing. And as simple as that sounds, it really was helpful. Because if if I got caught in my negative mind loop, I would just say, Laurie, do the next thing. Get out of this. Do the next thing. And then one day... You know, as we know, when we lose our child, even though our heart stops, time doesn't stop. And so time keeps marching on. And you look back, I look back now and it's been two and a half years and I'm like, I can't believe it. I mean, it feels like yesterday and it feels like forever all at once. That's how, you know, how disrupted the time feels to me. Um, So anyway, I just wanted to share that because... It is true that I had to go to counseling. I had to have medication. I had to rely on my faith. And and I still, I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit, I still struggle a little bit with my faith, mainly my prayer life, because I prayed for Lane, and God took him home. And that that's not what I had in mind. But, you know, God is God, and I am me. So I have to accept that, you know, God knew what was best for Lane, because he loves Lane more than I do. Imagine that. So once I realized that, you know, he might have seen what was in the future for Lane and going home may have been the best answer. And, and that's hard as a mother to say and to feel. And sometimes I have to say it multiple times to myself to really feel it again. Um, but I, but I, do, I do hold on to that thought that that Lane's story had to had to end that way and that God knew that that's how it had to happen. And even though I wish that he had been Narcan that night, I wish that someone had done CPR on him. I wish that he'd have got a chance at rehab, even one chance. A lot of people get a chance. Why didn't my boy get a chance? You know, all these things that you say to yourself, and then, you know, I would just pray and say, but God help me understand that, that you love him more than I do even, you know, and you know what was best for him. So. Right. Right. And, and um, to, to go back to what you mentioned earlier about you have to, to um, take medication, you have to rely on your faith. You, you don't have to, you chose to, yeah. and it's okay and and a lot of people try to be strong and push through mm-hmm. like you said right we 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 human we are human and we we need each other we we need sometimes you know i'm i'm as a pharmacist um by trade 
I there's a lot in the medical world that I don't believe in, and there's a lot in medications that I don't believe in. But the one thing I believe is there are times that, thank God, somebody. Invented yes. some of those medication yes. because you do need. You do. <laughs> It's like you know, having a broken leg, and then you you need morphine, you right. know. And and going through this grief process is okay mm -hmm. to to take that support, yeah. and that's what it's there yeah. for. It's it's not okay when 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 you're taking it recklessly, and right. and um, for no reason. And I, I just want to to validate yeah. you for for that, and and commend you for for being brave um, to to share yeah. that and to share the whole story. Yeah. And um, and I think also, you know, and, um, with our background, you know, in the medical field, you know, it's important to realize too that it's a multi-layered approach to. Management of grief, depression, anxiety, whatever mental health issues, um, you know. So it should always be coupled with therapy, you know. And so many people, I think this is what you know, our young kids struggle with sometimes is they miss out on that key ingredient to help them get well. Mm -hmm. um, talking to someone who's an expert who is non-biased and. Um, You know, outside of their family to talk to—that's a professional—is essential. You know, and um, yeah. and I know how much it helped me. I just recently went back and visited my grief counselor, and um, she commended me. She said, "You are so different." And 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 she said, "I haven't seen you for a year, and when I last saw you, you didn't know if you'd survive. And look at you now." And and I was like. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was like, how cool is that? I got a, I got a pat on the back from my therapist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It some, sometimes things just takes yeah. time, and and it is a process. When when you are going through the storm, especially in the beginning, it it's almost like you say, you know, like going through the deep dark tunnel, yeah. and you're not sure if you're going to come out of it. But we're here to let you know that. Uh, there's light at the, the end of the that's tunnel. That's right. There is light, <laughs> and, and and you will never be yeah. completely whole. That's the other expectation. Like I will never be the same Laurie that I was before I lost Lane, and that's okay. There's some there's some things that improved about me, and there's some things that were are worse with me. <laughs> like we just mentioned, but. It's it's all okay, you know. It's it's all all right. I mean, you know, I can like I said, I can carry him with me now. Now I look at it as, how can I be his legacy? You know, he never had children; he didn't get to. But I'm his mom, and how can I be his legacy? Um, how can I honor him with the things that I do with my life? And that's that's what I look that's what I look to. And also my other son for Lucas. You know, how can I? Be here for him, you know. Um, so, you know, you you do eventually um, get to a place where you can get back to the little bit of yourself that you knew. Um, and that for me was when I think I turned when I had the turning point in my grief because the first year I didn't even know who I was. I was angry. I was bitter, and I had never been that in my entire life. I was jealous. I was jealous of happy people. Isn't that sad? 
but I would hear them laughing, mm-hmm. like even at work or somewhere. And I'd be just, I'd be like, what's wrong with them? Why are they laughing? Because I, I was so angry and so hurt and so just struck down and and just being honest that is not my personality so for me to be like that I was like who am I and and what what has happened to me and why am I jealous and why am I bitter and why am I angry <laughs> you know so it was kind of shocking you know to to know yourself for 49 years and then one day after you lose your child you wake up and you don't recognize yourself in the mirror but but that's what happened um so it took a while to come back to myself, you know, so, but I finally am. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. And, and you, you mentioned, and, and I want to, um, kind of express my, my opinion on that. Yes, if it's sure. okay with you. Um, when you said that you, you don't, you never be whole again. And, and I think we can also look at that in, in, in a different way. You are always whole because God created you whole and God never took laying away from you. He, he just at home, but he's still with you in your heart. Yeah. So you still Thank whole you. and you, you just, you just see things differently and you, you grew, um, in wisdom. You grew in compassion. You grew in, in the understanding of life. And one thing I know, Lori, you're the most wholesome, wholeness person <laughs> that, that I've known. You're, you're just so, such a beautiful soul. And I'm, I'm glad I, when I first moved here from, from Thailand to the U.S., you know, I, I get, to have you as a friend yeah, and um, I'm happy that we reconnected mm-hmm. again and, and I'm sure we're going to be like lifelong I friends think so too. and um, mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and we'll, we'll speak some more and you you mentioned that um, you want to leave a legacy yeah. and you know that there's always a reason and this is what I believe there's a reason in everything every situation every encounter that we have um, that there's a study that that I did it, that it said every situation every person that you met that you come upon is a chance to forgive you know to forgive whatever you think you did um, to forgive what you think the other person did and just be and, and just look at the situation as how God created it he knows better than we do mm-hmm. you know everything is beautiful and everything is the way it's supposed to be and and we we, we came a long way with 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 the loss yeah, right? and yeah. to come to this understanding and I, I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah. Do you have anything else? I, I do. Um, I wanted to, share I wanted to read something that I found, um, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Okay. And I, I wanted to quote the author. No, so I tried to find the author, um, but we could not find the author. But it was posted on a Facebook uh, group page. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to take the liberty to read it if you're okay with that. Um, it says, um, when pregnant, the cells of the baby migrate into the blood, mother's bloodstream and then circle back into the baby. It's called fetal maternal micro, micro chimerism. For 41 weeks, the cells circulate and merge backwards and forwards. And after the baby is born, 
many of these cells stay in the mother's body, leaving a permanent imprint in the mother's tissues, bones, brain, and skin, and often stay there for decades. Every single child a mother has afterwards will leave a similar imprint on her body, too. Even if a pregnancy doesn't go to full term, these cells still migrate into your bloodstream. And research has shown that if a mother's heart is injured, fetal cells will rush to the site of the injury and change into different types of cells that specialize in mending the heart. The baby helps repair the mother while the mother builds the baby. How amazing is that? This is often why certain illnesses vanish while pregnant. It's incredible how mother's bodies protect the baby at all costs, and the baby protects and rebuilds the mother back so that the baby can develop safely and survive. Studies have also shown cells from a fetus in a mother's brain 18 years after she gave birth. If you're a mom, you know how you can intuitively feel your child even when they are not there. Well, now there is scientific proof that moms carry them for years and years, even after they have given birth to them. I find this to be so very beautiful. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I know. It's beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful. And and that's why we we still feel yes. our child yeah, still all the us. time. Yeah. <laughs> they're still with mm-hmm. us. Literally, physically, yeah, they're yeah, still with us. It, it literally, yeah. physically, right? Yeah. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. That that is so so beautiful, Lori. Um, you you mentioned that um, there are many books that you read, yeah. many things that you do to to help you um, go through this. And there there is a group that you recommend me to to join, which. I have well, that's okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, I'm still seeing my um, counselor. It is great to to find a group mm-hmm. or people that that you can um, talk to who who um, are specialized in this. Um, who who were that group? Uh, well, you asked me you now, me? and I can't remember the name of it because this is another thing in my grief journey. Is I decided one day that Facebook mm-hmm. was too triggering for my grief and and sadness, mm-hmm. and I actually unplugged from Facebook. So I'm still on Messenger, so mm-hmm. people can still contact me privately. But um, that Facebook group was very helpful to me for a time period, and then just like anything else, I listened to what my how I was feeling, and I decided this is keeping me in a negative headspace. And I am, mm-hmm. I am putting the trauma of others onto myself. When I read, I have so much empathy now for people's pain, especially with loss of a child, that I mm-hmm. I just had to break from it. So um, so I listened and to my own self, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to step off of Facebook for a while. And it's been very good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, too, it's... Um, um, I, I find social media. Um, I don't know. In the beginning, like I said, I found it helpful, but um, I think over time, I found that it was so impersonal, you know. And people can pretend to be anybody they want. Um, 
but it was also so, um, it drew me back into the hard parts of my grief, if you will. So something that I had processed yeah. and moved forward on, there was, there, there would be a post in there that just, just totally wrecked me and I for the whole day. And I was like, can't, I can't do this to myself again. Um, so I actually had yeah. to follow that. So, and then, you know, also I'll just be honest while I'm talking about social media, you know, Facebook, uh, also triggered me in a bad way because I got to see happy families, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I'll just be honest, but like, you know, if, if I was seeing a family on vacation and they had all their family members, I would just be so sad on what I've, what I've lost with Lane, you know, I'm never going to, he's never going to have children. He's never going to get married. He's never going to go to college or graduate or any of these things that you're getting to see other people's kids do. And I just couldn't see it anymore, essentially, is I just had to kind of go into my own little world and live my life, you know, face to face with people and not have a social media presence. Now, eventually I may go back to that because, you know, all of my memories are on Facebook, too. I have albums and all kinds of Facebook memories of Wayne on there that I don't want to lose forever. But at the same time, I know that for this time period, it wasn't good for me. And so I had to remove that part. So anyway, yeah. so, but, but there are groups out listen, there. Listen to yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. Listen to how you feel and what you want to take on at the moment. Right. right. Um, but there are all kinds of Facebook groups. I mean, and I, I found the ones most helpful were the ones for that deal with mothers, um, you know, because like I said, fathers grieve differently and that's okay. So I identified more with the female perspective, the mother's perspective. Um, that was just me. That was just the way I was. But sometimes it was nice to read a male perspective because then I could understand my husband better, you know, what he was going through and and how he was choosing to grieve. And, and so um, it was helpful for a time, but I've, I've just decided not to, not to be on there now. And I did even start my own little... Um, I'm thinking about writing a memoir. Um, mm-hmm. I, I journaled a lot through um, through this time period, the last two and a half years. And my original journal entries were very raw and kind of rambling and didn't make sense because I had so much in me that I had to get out. And so that I didn't want to share with anybody. But there's been themes in some of them that as I go back and read, I'm like, okay, maybe I should write a memoir because, you know, that might help someone, you know, not the, not the angry stuff, but like the other stuff might help someone. <laughs> so I was like, okay. But you know, the angry stuff is fine too, because people need to know that that's okay. You can be angry. You have the right to be angry because you're going to go through all this emotion, yeah. you know, the anger, the denial, the, the sadness, um, all, all this yeah. stuff. It's okay. You're going to cycle through yeah. that. And and it is it's still all okay, but just knowing that with time, you'll be everything will be yeah, okay. For sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Keep doing the next thing, like they say, you know. <laughs> and then one day it's two and a half years, and you're like, you know. So now I'm getting to the point. So this is where I am now, that I can think of Wayne and smile instead of cry. 
Before, my memories of Lane were encompassed with this heavy sadness and tears. But now I can look at his picture and just say, I love you, buddy. Or, you know, I can think of him in a memory and I can smile and laugh and remember his laugh or something and smile and and I don't get immediately sad. And I, and I like I like where I'm at now because um, I was so desperate for it, you know, especially for the first couple of years when every memory I had of Lane brought this stab of, of sadness. And um, mm-hmm. and so now I'm at a place where I can remember him and be happy. And that's a gift, truly, when you get to that place, you know. So I hope that for you too, because I think you already have it to a lot, to a you know a large degree. Just because I can tell by, um, you know, what you say about your faith and, and you know, how spiritual you are and how connected to Him you still feel. Um, some people I just think have strong emotional intelligence inside them and a spiritual maturity. And you have that. And so I feel like in some ways, like you're at a year and I'm at two and a half, but we're almost like equal because I feel like you just, you just get it. I don't know. You just understand, you know, that this isn't all there is (laughs) that, you know, we're spiritual beings and love never ends. You know, like we say, love never ends. And so anyway, um, Thank you for having me. <laughs> I didn't really realize. Thank you for being here, Lori. <laughs> nervous to come it, on today, it, but it, I was like, well, I was like, you know, this is, I'm going to do this for Lane and I'm going to do this for you, my new friend, my old new friend. And he was like, you know, and it'll be okay. I can do this, even though I hate to hear my, oh, you did beautiful. <laughs> even though I hate to hear my West Virginia accent. <laughs> You lost your West Virginia accent. <laughs> you kept your Thailand accent oh. and you lost your West Virginia accent. I don't know how you did it. But. I, you know, I I move. I've been yeah, everywhere, and somehow the Thai it's accent is still here, but everything else is just, just gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's been amazing um, speaking with you. You know, I, I know we have some some sad moments, but we, we know at, at at the end of the day, we we overcame um, uh, the the greatest um, I think test for humanity you know for for anybody to have to go through i think the loss of a child is 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 hard it's really difficult and um and i appreciate you coming on here and sharing your wisdom and sharing the the book that you read that you share with Mm -hmm. me it's an awesome book um by the way um if you are at the beginning of your grief especially like glory said um i i read that and it's also helped right with people who are a supporter oh yes it has a whole section in there for people that are trying to support those which you know um that that's the other thing you know if if somebody's listening to this that's trying to support a mother in grief you should read this book too because it really tells you what what is helpful to her and what is not helpful to her and um 
I just had such an amazing group of friends and family that supported me and loved me through this and still do. I mean, that they haven't forgotten, you know, um, and, uh, that, that means the world. That's how we're able to get up in, in the morning and, and go about our day is because yeah. people have loved us through this and, um, yes. you know, and been okay with our journey. Um, so anyway, it's, it's nice to be able to, um, pay it forward. You know, when you, when you receive love and kindness in your most trying time, it's, it's very gratifying as a human to be able to help the next person that experiences this level of pain. Like you said, um, I've never lost a spouse, but I figure that's pretty painful too about like losing a, a child. Um, but there's some, there's some things in life that just, we, we just can't manage alone. And I think this is one of them. We have to rely on our fellow mankind to get us through, you know? Yeah. So yeah. We, we, we are meant to, to support mm-hmm. each other. And, um, thank, thank you so thank much, you. Lori. Thank you. We, uh, I'm, I'm, there's so much to touch on, um, in this space. You have to write your book. Yeah. Now, now that you came on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the next time okay. you will come with your memoir. Okay. Already written, okay. and, and I'm sure that's going to help a lot of people. All the raw stuff you need to put really? in there because okay. people—that's what people crave for. The, um, you know, the the feeling that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. That other people went through some some deep dark thoughts, and you know, and and they come out okay. They come out great, like yeah. you. you yeah. Know? Like <laughs> that's all right. I, I would throw myself that's in right. there too. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 get to the lighter side of, okay. of our interview, and I, I I do this for for all my guests, and um, it, it's just something that I start doing it for, you know, for fun. And also just to see what what kind of answer pe- people will give me. Yeah. So it's now let, let me ask you this question, Lori. Okay. If if you have a genie in a bottle, and you can wrap the genie in a bottle and say, "Hey, genie, um, give me three wishes," mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can have any wishes in the world, and it will will just change um, your world um, for better. Yeah. And what would those three wishes be? Okay, so I thought about this quite a long time, but of course, you know, my first one is going to be that I could have Lane back, um, but only if he was happy and healthy. Um, you know, I wouldn't want him to come back and be miserable. Um, so that was my first one. And uh, my second one um, was really about my health. I, I think, you know, I told you a little bit about how I've just you know, gained weight and just become unhealthy the last two and a half years. And uh, I really just want to get back to feeling good in my body again. And so my health, I would like to restore my health. That would be the second one. And the third one is all about, you know, my other son, Lucas, I'd love for him to just, you know, find a career that he's, you know, can make money, but also just be very gratifying, you know, in a career. Um, He's struggling to find what he wants to do in life. And, um, of course, that he would find um, the love of his life and someone to love him and, and be with him. So, anyway, that's, that's it. 
that's my three wishes. That's easy, isn't it? <laughs> those, those are beautiful wishes. I'm sure most and, people say, I wish I could win the lottery, right? <laughs> but let, let, let me play genie in a bottle. Okay. Um, um, genie can give you any wishes, of course. Um, but I, I want to speak because my wish, um, my first wish is the same as yours. Of course, I, I wish that my son would, would be back in... If, if he's happy and if he's healthy and to to continue his life um, his journey and and you know and, and any mother would would wish that mm-hmm. and anybody who who have lost a loved one would wish that and um, I actually interview another lady who lost her um, her father and her ex-husband um, not her ex her late husband mm-hmm. and her wish was for her father to to come back, mm. you know, and um, and I I say this to you the same way I I said to to her. They always here. Yeah. It's like Elaine never left you. Elaine is always with you. Um, in in spirit, right? He lives mm-hmm. in your heart, and and he's with you in a form that is greater than we can ever imagine right yeah flawless exactly how how god created him mm-hmm. you know we, we have as a human right we put all this layer all this belief and and put that on ourselves and we think we are imperfect but we we are actually perfect the way god created us and Lane is always with you. Thank you for that. And yeah. <laughs> your, your wish is, is, is there. It's never left you. And um, and I, be, before I, I touch on the other two wishes, yeah. I, I want to do this for you. Okay. This is, this is a blue ribbon. It said, who I am makes a difference and i am the ambassador of the blue ribbon what 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 we do as an ambassador and and as a human being is we we honor people who we love and who we care about and who we recognize that there's something great and lori i just want to honor you may i oh it's a gift thank you i want to honor you for coming on this podcast and just be as raw as you can be and just share your your experience with um, the, the loss of your son. Um, I know that's difficult and it took you two years to, to be ready, right, mm-hmm. to talk about him in, in a positive light. Sorry, I forgot to, okay. <laughs> to talk about him. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it took two years to talk about him in a positive light and, and not in like, you know, I'm sad. I'm sorrow, mm-hmm. and um, to remember him in 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 all the the great way that that he bring joy into your life. Right? I just want to honor you for oh, that. I you. want to honor you for being such a great friend. Thank you. <laughs> and you too. Did you forget about me? 
I won't forget about it. <laughs> childhood friend. Yeah. And I appreciate that very much. And I want to honor you for being a great mom um, to, to your twin boys and for being a great wife for your husband of, oh my gosh, how many years? 20, 27. <laughs> 20 years. And, and I know it takes a lot of um, uh, commitment, mm -hmm. a lot of blood. Yeah. To to stay in a good relationship mm -hmm. for for that long, and I just want to honor you for that. Thank you. I want to honor you for being a good teacher to your students. Before this podcast, we kind of chit chat a little bit about your student, and um, this blue ribbon goes on your heart like this, okay. and I want to place that oh on your heart. <laughs> Pointing up to the sky, okay, thank you. where all your dreams come true, all your wishes come true. Oh, I love and that. it is a tradition for me to take a spark from my heart and put it on yours okay. and on this cheerleader right here. And when we press on it, it make a sound, bing, huh. and that's the sound of our wishes come true. Oh, I love that. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you Lori thank you so much for, for being on this podcast and I appreciate you and I'm sure there are many listeners out there that appreciate your insight appreciate your um, your wisdom and, and your advice and um, thank, thank you. you thank you so much from the bottom of my heart well thank you for giving me the format to share my story and um, you know, like we talked about before, that's our whole goal is to help others along this life that gives us tragedy sometimes. And, you know, um, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about Lane and my experience. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'm glad we reconnected. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And you got to come back for more because you're doing yeah. more things. Okay. You're, finding, you're finding different purpose in, in this. Yeah. For sure. That's great. Okay. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Take care. Talk, talk again later. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>